Well, after the ebullient mood at the end of last week, as we discussed yesterday, markets have retraced their steps a little today. The US dollar is back on its way up, for example. But there's also been some retracing of that reversal this morning as well. We'll look at the reasons behind all of that. Locally, the RBA minutes, one of the more dovish central banks of late. What's their speed of travel from here on in? We'll talk about that. And Joe Biden and President Xi meeting and agreeing that nuking the planet is probably not a good idea. Well, that's got to be good news, hasn't it? It's Tuesday, the 15th of November, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Yes, the US dollar is back on the up. It's up half a percent on the DXY. Equities are well down at close. The Nasdaq is down 1.1%. The S&P 500 lost 0.9%. And a 0.6% drop in the Dow. But in Europe, things are up quite a bit. The FTSE 100 was up 0.9% at close. The DAX up 0.6%. The Eurostox 50 up half a percent. And the Hang Seng yesterday still rising up a further 1.7%. Against that rising US dollar, the Aussie dollar has managed to hold its own. The losses have been a 0.2% drop in the euro, the yen down almost 0.7% and the pound down 0.6%. Bond yields pushing higher in the United States, but only a little bit and lower in much of Europe, although again, not much. 10-year treasuries up six basis points to 3.87%. German bunds down just two basis points, but down 19 in Greece. Aussie 10 years, though, up 11 basis points to 3.76% yesterday, down a few basis points on futures since then. And we've got falls in oil as well. WTI down 4.1% and Brent losing 3.5%, down to 92.60 a barrel now. So a switch in direction from Friday, that's for sure. Is that because everyone was listening to the morning call yesterday? And of course, you know, we I was deeply cynical. Even for me, I was deeply cynical. <laughs> a little Perhaps bit. everyone just drew their own conclusion that they were sort of like extrapolating data just a little bit too far and they needed to come back a bit. Or maybe there was just a bit of profit taking. But either way, we saw a bit of a reversal, didn't we, in the session today? We did. And, and um, most of that reversal actually occurred during our time yesterday. Um, we had a mm. governor, Fred Waller, um, basically telling everyone to calm down and that uh, there, was, there was only just one data print and there was still a fair bit of work to be done in terms of, you know, bringing inflation to, to heal. Um, and certainly uh, the yeah. repricing that we saw uh, when Japan opened in terms of the move up in 10-year treasury yields was a decent one, it was around, uh, you know, seven basis points in the 10-year part of the curve. Uh, and that instigated sort of a bit of a recalibration, as you say. So, okay, let's just take a breather here and, and see how things uh, go from here. And, and it has been actually a fairly steady session since. Um, and, and as you mentioned, that's been mostly reflected in, in, in the yen, which of course has a higher degree of sensitivity to move up in 10 year treasury years. Uh, and we saw that be a bit of sort of weakness in the yen following, following that move. Now, for you know, I'll take your Christopher Waller and I'll raise you a Lael Brainard because she seemed to be saying the, the, the exact opposite. And she was certainly sounding the most devish, dovish we've heard uh, anyone from the Fed. Of you, you're quite right. She, she's saying that, um, you know, that it's probably appropriate to, to, to soon move to a slower pace of increases. So what does that mean? Well, it's just a reiteration of what everybody else is saying that, you know, uh, and what the market yeah. is pricing. Still saying focus on, the, focus on the end rate rather than how we get there. I mean, she was still saying. Yeah, that so, so we should be pricing and move down from 75 to 50, which what the market is doing. And then she again reiterated mm. that uh, uh, we have not done, uh, uh, we, although we have done quite a lot and we need to see the cumulative effect of all the increases, uh, there's additional work to be done. Um, she also emphasized the need to see what that core PCE measure looks like. Um, um, it would be nice and encouraging to see a little bit of a reduction, she said. Uh, that would be a welcome step. 
Um, and also a reminder that, you know, core inflation is still uh, above 6%. So there's still quite a lot of work to, to get down to two. Um, so, so to me overall, it wasn't really a big difference in terms of what Waller was saying. Waller's language or style was a bit more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, uh, both are reminding us that there's still a bit of work to be done there. But we're in that interesting situation, aren't we, where the more we see a slowdown in the economy, the more people are going to think, oh, well, that means the Fed is going to slow down as well. So, for example, when we see the news, as we're seeing sort of like, to, you know, in the last few hours of the Wall Street Journal this morning reporting that Amazon is going to lay off thousands of workers, not uh, not warehouse workers, but actual corporate jobs, uh, then, you know, and those cuts are going to start going to take effect this week if we, the more we see those sorts of layoffs and you know just generally a slowdown in the economy people are going to look at that and go well the fed can't keep on raising rates in this sort of environment surely and that's that that is going to be the assumption isn't it yeah or, or the big test right because um yeah. it's quite easy to to say oh it's all about inflation we need to bring inflation down at all costs um but when you see you know when you down an employment rate around 3.7 percent that's that's easy mm. to say once you start seeing it creeping up towards four four and a half then it becomes a, a much bigger um uh, you know a question and politically even becomes more yeah. challenging so um, so yeah, to some extent, that will be the test, I think, in a few months' time, yeah. um, when we see inflation still not quite down, you know, that desirable 2% or heading towards that 2%. Um, you know, we got to remember that the data is not going to, uh, I think, at least, it's not going to just print on a downward trajectory. It's going to be messy. We're going to get some bad surprises, if you like, a little bit of noise along the yeah. way. And that's going to create uncertainty. Um, but uh, at the same time, the challenge will be, you know, when we get to that point, if say core inflation around four percent and you know unemployment above four percent as well, then will the Fed still remain aggressive in, in its quest to, to bring yeah. inflation down, or will it become a bit well, more sensible? And that's sort of the distinction between, for instance, the RBA and and, and the Fed. The, the RBA is a bit more willing to be patient to, to yeah, get there. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, of course, we get just on one. We're mentioning that. Let's mention it now. The RBA minutes. So it's going to be interesting to see. Because uh, it was a bit of a surprise last time, wasn't it? The RBA minutes out today, uh, you know, there was the expectation that maybe it was going to be 50 basis point rise last time. It was only 25. So it's going to be interesting to see what was going on in that meeting, uh, you know, and, and how uh, how much they're going to sit back from here on in and, and wait and see how things pan out, basically. Yeah, that's right. And also, I mean, the, the issue with the minutes, uh, as it is the case in all minutes, is that there's so much said that you, you always find a little bit of something for everyone. But uh, uh, certainly that, that, that debate uh, for, for the RBA has increased, particularly after last week's interpretation of uh, what Deputy Governor Bullock said, uh, that there may be, might be an opportunity to sit and wait and look a little bit at how things are going. Um, when, when you read the, the, the remarks and the context of the remarks, um, um, this was in response to one of the questions, and um, it really was more about that uh, she was insisting that we think interest rates probably have to go up a little bit further before we sit down and, and have a look. So um, I suppose the minutes will be important in that regard just to get a bit of sense around the rationale, the thinking of why we will move down to 25 um, and and also, uh, you know, with, with what the expectations are to continue hiking over the coming months. And getting back to what you're saying about the Fed, I mean, the Fed's not had this problem, have they, uh, so far? You know, now we're starting to see numbers turn. Uh, they haven't had that problem. It's, it's sort of like being, yes, of course, we'll, you know, we'll keep on lifting rates, uh, whatever the circumstance. Now those circumstances start to emerge, then that 
becomes a problem. How many times have we used that word resilient over over recent months? Everything is still resilient. So the interesting thing is things are still quite resilient in Europe. So you look at industrial production numbers for September up 0.9% month on month, well beyond expectations. The, and they revised the August number up as well to 2% month on month. Uh, and, we, you know, that that's presumably going to be a bit of a boost to the Eurozone GDP number, which we get out later today as well. So th- these are, this is surprising. You know, supposedly, Europe's a bit of a basket case, but this number's telling us otherwise. It's resilient almost. Yes, and, and it's also kind of, this is this idea that this recession that is coming has been the most telegraph recession ever. So we we're all kind of expecting it to happen, and to some extent, you could argue that the equity market is, is past the recovery already before it's happened. So, um, yeah. yes. Yeah, so the the point there is that when we look at the preliminary uh, Q3 GDP reading for the eurozone, it's still expected to be positive at 0.2, uh, and following those uh, yeah. uh, industrial production numbers, it may actually suggest a little bit of upside to the number. Um, that, that being said, yeah. uh, we, we're still very mindful about the fact that the energy restrictions that are coming, uh, particularly during the, the Q4 reading, um, and that will be the challenge because uh, as much as there's a lot of inventory and, and the, the weather looks milder, which will be a positive, um, there's still part of the, the strategy is to cut down you know, energy consumption by 20%. So. Uh, and then, of course, we also have to remember that the ECB started to hike and, and will continue to hike over coming months. Um, uh, and that, that will also slow down the economy. So the, the headwinds for, for Europe mm. uh, are still in front of it. So um, we, we're conscious that, yeah. yes, while Q3, uh, which 0.2% is not a stellar number, it's just, just, just about you know, positive territory. Um, it, it's still sort of the, the big question will be how that's that Q4 and Q1 uh, activity readings come through, uh, given all these energy issues. And, well, and of course, the ECB tightening. I was also reading a chunk of it. Actually, might be transfer pricing through Ireland. So it might actually, you know, it might not be real stuff being made. It might actually just be a in the minds of accountants. But look, we've got the zoo survey uh, <laughs> out for Germany today as well. And uh, Francois Villeroy from the ECB, uh, who has, you know, been one of the more hawkish, hasn't he? Saying the ECB has got to keep raising rates until core inflation starts to to ease. Uh, so perhaps no no surprise there today, but we'll find out. But the, let's the yuan doing quite well today, and the Aussie uh, doing well, even though the US dollar is rising. So are they are they linked? Is, are we still we still seeing some? Uh, some hope from the fact that lockdowns might be easing and uh, and also the support from the property market. Is that what's driving both of those currencies today, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, you you and Ray were talking about how the price action in, in particularly in China equity markets late on Friday seemed to be moving very quickly. And we saw those property stocks all, uh, performing really well. Um, and then it became clear that uh, over the weekend that it's not just about this uh, small steps towards a more relaxed approach to the zero, zero coal policy, but also because of the announcement of the PBOC and the China Banking Insurance Regula- Regulatory Commission about all this support, which is quite significant to, to, um, to the property sector uh, for developers mm. and for borrowers and so on. So we think that there's been a little bit of follow through from that, uh, given that not everybody knew what was going on on Friday. Uh, and certainly we've seen a little bit of an improvement in the Hang Seng, uh, the, the Yuan strengthening because of that, um, you know, improvement in, in, um, in the outlook. Um, whilst at the same time for Australia, it's not just about the fact that 
China in general uh, growth outlook looks a little bit more optimistic, uh, but we're also seeing a recovery in iron ore, which is again, of course, mm. good for mm. good for us. So that link is still uh, there, and, and the improvement in the currency and outlook for China has has supported the OC on a relative basis, as you say, it's performed better than uh, than the likes of uh, you know the yen so does, and, does and that, the sterling. Does, does that mean um, the monthly that, indicators we're going to see today? So like retail sales, for example, I mean that that's all just going to be ancient history, isn't it? Because things have moved. I mean, a fixed asset investment might be interesting because it's going to give us a, a, you know how much confidence there is to invest in in future growth but but a lot of those numbers that we're getting out of China today are, are not going to be that useful well yeah that's just I mean my sense as well is that one of the reasons why we've seen all this reaction and all this announcement coming through quite quickly last week uh, is because probably those numbers are going to be so bad mm. that uh, you know it's a, it's, it's a reflection of the need of the the urgency to uh-huh. do something about it right. um, and in particular, the, the consumer. Um, so expectations, for instance, for retail sales had to decline from 2.5, 2.7 on a year-on-year basis. Um, so there's a reflection there of quite a lot of an anemic consumer, which, of course, has been suppressed by the COVID approach or the COVID restrictions, as well as the, the uncertainty around the property sector. So, mm. um, um, yeah, and in terms of the fixed asset stuff, uh, as you say, it will be interesting there to, to see the details of the number. Um, and our sense that there's going to be a repeat of the, the, the ongoing story at the moment that is very much all that infrastructure spending coming from the, uh, from the government support and, and very little uh, coming from, from the private sector as well. Now, I'm surprised we haven't seen this on, uh, on equity markets today because President Xi has met with Joe Biden and uh, not a lot came out of it, but they both agreed that nuclear war would be a bad thing. Uh, so, you know, I'm surprised there's not been an equity rally based on that because it's such a relief, isn't it? Uh, there we are. There's that sarcasm um, but, again. But, you know, the fact that these two most powerful nations have agreed to, you know, meet again and shake hands, I think is significant. Yeah, of course. Um, the, the issue around uh, Ukraine and Russia and, and the re- the rebookment re- of, of yeah. no appetite for going into uh, yeah, yeah. war. I mean, the more the more he can make sure that President Xi doesn't become too ensconced with Putin, obviously that's 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 a good thing. Uh, Donald Trump, talking about people who might be ensconced with Putin, Donald Trump uh, making his announcement on Tuesday, that's, you know, today, but Tuesday US time, his big announcement, possibly the biggest announcement anyone has ever made, and it's going to be good, I can tell you. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. I, I don't know whether that's market moving. If he says he's going to, uh, he's going to stand for the uh, for the next presidency. He's going to stand for the Republicans. It looks like the Republicans will take the House, not the Senate. They've lost that. The House could be a very narrow margin. I mean, the GOP has gained 10 seats in the House, so it's 212 to 204. They need 218, but they might actually only, by this time it's all come out in the wash, there might actually only be a couple of uh, seats in the lead. So, um, I'm, you know, it, it, that could be taken badly by the markets, because if it's not gridlock, it's not well, good, apparently. Yeah, I, um, so, prior to all of this, uh, there was that expectation of the Republicans were going to have this red wave, and, and it hasn't materialized. And, and what is coming through yeah. now is that one of the criticisms, of course, have been that maybe the abortion moves have, have affected the Republicans, but also... Um, that President Trump himself is, is creating a, a, a divisive Republican Party, which of course that's not really new news. Yeah, well, the, the ones who were the, the the ones who were endorsed by Trump did yeah. the worst. So I mean, it so so that in yeah. itself, I think that um, uh, I'm not sure it's going to create a um, you know uncertainty in the market. It's too early for that, but uh, but certainly it just re- reinforced the view that the Republican Party is, is very divided. 
and and President Trump is is a contributor to to that division. Yeah. All right. Okay. Also today, uh, Japan's Q3 GDP that's expected to slow down further. Uh, so you know, the Bank of Japan, the Japanese government, that you know, all the more reason they'll say not to push up rates. Presumably, I mean, that's been their angle so far, hasn't it? And uh, they'll be saying, well, look here, we need to carry on that way because GDP slowing. We need to drive growth. E- not slow it yeah. down. Uh, the details, of course, will be important. The, the reason of the slowdown is probably coming from that uh, net trade uh, a negative contribution. Um, uh, but certainly it seems mm. that the private consumer consumption uh, will be a, a part of the growth engine, which is something we've got to remember that actually the consumer is still uh, contributing and, and all that fiscal support to the consumer and the even more significant fiscal support that is coming through. Uh, it paints a picture that actually, you know, Japan will continue to, you know, perform relatively okay. Uh, not, not, no one's talking about a recession in Japan, for instance, given all the support that is coming through, and the fact that they kind of, if you like, enjoying a, a belated reopening, uh, uh, given that Japan had uh, been slow to to reopen. So, mm. um, so yeah. So overall, uh, a, a positive number, I think, for 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 Japan, uh, you know, relatively speaking. And uh, UK employment data just finally today. I think that's then we've just about covered everything that's out today and the major stuff anyway, which will sort of be interesting, but we know that, you know, they're, they're heading in one direction in the UK, aren't they, generally? And it's not good. Uh, the real interest is going to be in the budget, which is uh, towards the end of the week, the 17th of November. I mean, I don't think there's ever been so much interest. I mean, normally a UK budget would pass by and everyone would go, so what? But there's so much interest now to try and find out whether they've actually got a handle on uh, managing to do sums and balancing the budget and all that sort of stuff. So, but, but we know it's going to be tax hikes and spending cuts, which is somehow going to help Britain through a recession. So it might actually not be that well received. We'll have yes, to wait and see. but again, the theme that you were touching on earlier is the resilience of, of the UK economy and the labour market. The, the employment is expected to be unchanged yeah. to 35 um, You know, everybody's expecting this big decline in activity. But at the moment, you know, the property sector is doing okay. Unemployment is doing okay. Um, and the, the mm. impact from all these uh, rate increases hasn't yet shown through in activity t- to a large extent. So it probably puts a bit of more pressure on the Bank of England to do something. Um, and we have to wait and see how those inflations and, and also, as you say, the budget numbers look yeah, like. absolutely. OK, well, uh, a lot going on. That's for sure. Uh, we'll see how the day pans out and we'll catch you again very soon. Thanks, Rodrigo. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And that's Tuesday morning's Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow. See you then.